It was music that enlightened him on his spiritual journey. It was an outlet to connect to the younger people. In part two, we step into the studio with the Source family's own band, the Yahoo 13. We learn what happens to Father Yod in the end, and how one might find themselves joining a cult. Father Ty. And I am Father Joe. And we are two gods that dive into the world of music, their myths, conspiracies, and enlightenment. You can find this in other spiritual episodes on uh, Spotify, your inner self, <laughs> the Podbean, Podbean, and any other major streaming platform, man. You'll find it there. If you see stars, wish upon them. Click on all them, man, and stars, and comment on how that helped you on your spiritual journey. (laughs) And if this is your first episode, welcome. I'm sorry. (laughs) All of them are like this. You picked a hell of a day, man. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you just sound like the guy who sells records at the at in uh in that 70s show it, that's basically what he sounds like he sounds come like on, a, man come on man he sounds like tommy chong he really does <laughs> come on man come on man you can find us on twitter man at phantom jukebox underscore uh facebook at phantom jukebox instagram at phantom jukebox podcast uh, uh tiktok at phantom jukebox podcast go ahead and hit us up man just what why not come visit, man? I thought you were slowly fading into Owen Wilson. <laughs> come on. You would really like it if you checked wow. us out, man. Wow. Wow. You know, if you click that like button, you'd really, you'd really just blow our minds, man. Give us a follow, man. Wow. <laughs> I really got to dig deep into the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you, if you followed us, on, so if you, I highly recommend you check out part one. Yeah. But if you're joining us, this will make sense if you watch part oh, one. Oh yeah, if you oh, listen yeah. to part one. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hearing a, a few more clips of, uh, of the dearly departed Father Yod uh, as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Why you would pick part two? <laughs> hey, maybe you'd like to live life on the spicy side. You know, you're one of them crazy ones. You're, I like you. I you're like one of them you. types that just starts part two, never seeing part one. You're probably not a person that would join a cult. And I respect that about it. I you. respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. So where we laughed, laughed, we did. We where laughed. we laughed off. Yeah. Where we laughed off um, at this nut job is we were talking about how in uh, 1973, um, Father Yod stole $30,000, the equivalent of $200,000 in today's currency, U.S. dollars. Um, 
and uh, the, the mobster just wanted, wanted an ice cream, wanted an shop, ice cream parlor. And we, we, we theorized that maybe that was his, maybe actually his dream. But instead of, you know, making the health ice cream you know, parlor, he decides to make a sweet home studio out of the two-car garage from the uh, Source family father house. Uh, to clarify, too, that I thought there would be repercussions if he stole 30 grand from a mobster. And I, because his name was Damascus, I think he was already part of the family. Uh, yeah. Concrete information is a tough thing to come by with, with cults. With, well, with cults. The the Manson family one's pretty well documented. Okay. There yeah. wasn't so much a a doctrine as much as they just followed everything Manson said. Here there's like a doctrine and there's like a a way to do things, man. And, and, and Manson had a lot of court cases too. So. Yes. Yes. He that man was not a stranger to police in the courtroom. Uh, court is pretty good at taking notes. Right. And uh with with Father Yod, he's a man who should have been. <laughs> He's a man who should have been, and he he knew to uh, loosen the uh, the cult belt or his teachings or whatever. He was willing to break his commandments to stay out of prison. Let's put it that way. Oh. Um, yeah, he broke his whole monogamy thing to uh, have fourteen wives total. So he had the first, you know, Yod's uh, really his third or fourth wife, and then uh, yeah, that was Yod. You know, we said Father Yod's first wife, but Jim Baker's like fourth wife or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And um then he took on 13 more, a number of which were 16. Yes. So, All at the same time. At the same time. So, um I also want to say that a lot of this information does come from the source uh documentary that's on Amazon. It was a very very interesting documentary. They didn't go super deep into the band though. Mm. Which is one of the things I wanted to know more about. And unfortunately, I got more than I needed. <laughs> so uh, with the band, the, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is it's part of our mini series of cults that we're going to be following that utilize music, especially with gaining new members and controlling new members. Mm. You know, some, some form of that. And through season two, cults are going to be a reoccurring theme that we go through. Uh, we got we have we already have a few more lined up that we're gonna do, but uh, the source was a it was a good place to start. We, as we determined in part one of the cults, it's of the better ones, but we also know that there are no good cults. Yeah, it is like the sadly it sounds like a fun concept, but you know usually they end in debauchery. Right, right. You know the the uh, the best of worst like sicknesses is still a sickness you know can't be great forever man no way man you start off just wanting to be god but orgies just always enter the party at some point you know what i mean man <laughs> we just get more and more canadian as we go <laughs> yeah, yeah it's slowly flirty man uh you know what here uh, you know what i'm saying there man <laughs> sorry canadians you're probably gonna get beaten up in this episode some more why not so all this is taking place in california in uh right at this point 1973 oh yeah of course it is to set the mood they were in a different part of california and then they had to get relocated closer to hollywood because of child services and uh the neighbors being like hey the mansons killed people not far from here two years ago 
we don't want another cult in the neighborhood. Mm. Understandably. So they were kicked out of the mansion they were renting and then moved into a three bedroom, three bathroom house that I could not find the square footage on, but I I am ballparking that it was no bigger than like 2000 square feet for, for over a hundred people over a hundred people. Yeah. At the, they say at the max it was 140, but it, it fluctuates because, you know, adding the extra wives, breaking the monogamy rule, um, caused some members to leave. You know, he's not following his own tenants. Um, that kind of goes to his head later on. No doubt. Like a week after they got to this other house, mm-hmm. some people were like, you know, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not staying in this three bedroom <laughs> house with over a hundred people. You know what? Maybe I do like capitalism. And I think father Yo did too. Cause he was humbly riding around in a Rolls Royce and a pimp suit at times, which, which doesn't really say humble to me. No, no, I don't drive a Rolls Royce and I'm not a cult leader. I mean, I don't, think rolls royce makes any minivans but you know i don't know what the economy class rolls royce mm, is yeah you know i don't i don't see many of those at the key a lot i don't see like a you know the third seater kind of no thing. no i another don't. row do you think a rolls royce has a permanent spare or a donut mm, probably just the shell for show or do you think there's a actual man in the trunk that gets out and changes your tire for you yes like there's like there's yes. this guy on life support in the trunk that just gets out. He's kept in a coma. <laughs> he's, he's kept in a chemically induced coma until you need him. Until you need him. You're right. And then as soon as he changes the spare, he just runs just away. Right back. Yeah. <laughs> That's his one chance for freedom. That's, That's what we're going to do with prisoners. <laughs> prisoners in the future. Just keep them in the back of the Rolls Royce. You, you never know when they're going to get loose. One day you may catch a flat. You changes your tire. He's gone. Damn. They broke a, they broke, blew a tire on the highway next to the desert. <laughs> you gotta make me run for it. <laughs> they make it, they make it like a hundred feet. Just explode. No one ever pops their tire inside the line of an in and out. You're right. You're right. Why can't they do this inside of McDonald's? Why? I haven't eaten in years. <laughs> oh, Don, activate the trunk sleeve. <laughs> okay. If, right. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just going to get worse. Oh, said that a trunk sleeve. Right. So, um, in the father house, you know, I imagine it was, we determined, we also know too, that they weren't the standard dirty hippie, but yes. they, they were relatively clean for, you know, what people having were, three bathrooms and having yeah. three bathrooms and over a hundred people. So, you know, I, it's still, I imagine smelt terrible. I imagine, can you imagine the body heat generated oh, by God. that many people in a small room? You're, you're ruining AC units. <sighs> I can't, oh, the condensation on the walls. Would be oh, California in the summer. It's like, no matter if you're having sex or not, you still get that sex <laughs> stench. You know, oh, that's just permeated just from all the heat God. and making it humid in there. God, he is, they're basically living in the rainforest inside that little home <laughs> with that level of humidity. Just crack a window and the fumes come out. Oh, yeah. You see the heat, the heat waves. Ugh. So, of course, like any cult leader uh, we talked about, he uh, ripped off a mobster and built a state of the art recording studio. We're talking. Sound in the, in a, in the two car garage of that, you know, they yeah. didn't convert it into more beds. 
They didn't buy food. They didn't renovate a new bathroom. They didn't add a fourth bathroom. Yeah. Um, or uh, no, they did. They turned it into a state of the art studio because they needed they needed the sweet sweet jams to yes. spread their word. Yes, and it was certainly to do that. And it was it was to, you know, f- it was another way to like spread the message, right? They had they to, need more people in that house because they need more people. <laughs> Well, when you join the cult, uh, either and you know, after they made their their commandments later on, but um, they would liquidate everything they had and surrender it to Yod or the cult would basically surrender it to Yod. So he would just have all this money. The Rolls Royce didn't just appear. It was paid for by his members, basically. Wow. He did walk in with money like we he is a he's yes. a the source restaurant that he is running and the previous restaurants that he owned used to own all are doing very very well right now they've been featured in movies top top a-list stars are going there um going to this place and it is still booming the source restaurant is still making money up to this point wow so he's doing very well so yeah but no no extra space in the father house let's make a sweet sweet state-of-the-art studio yeah it's sound treated there's a glassed-in control room there's the soundboard there's a drum set equipment it was every like musician's dream like just home studio it says it was literally as nice as it could be for a garage so like if they moved the equipment they had in there into like an official building that studio would be very good yeah and what they had was good i mean it's the best thing they had basically so and because the more like artistically inclined type people were joining this cult um, some of them came from traveling bands, not necessarily like very, very notable ones. Um, there's one guy who was from the seeds, but he didn't do any music with them, but he's, that's a, was a famous band at the time. Okay. But some of these people are artisans and musicians and, um, they basically, you know, they start utilizing the recording studio and, uh, the lineup changes constantly. There's over a hundred people in the father house. Nice. Right. So. You know, there's a number of musicians there, but there's key members. So there's a rotating, uh, I mean, they, they wound up being called the Yahua 13 for a reason, right? There was, there was 13 of them. Yeah. But just there was, like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Um, but there were key members. Uh, there was Jin, the Aquarian on guitar, Octavius, the Aquarian on drums, Sunflower, the Aquarian on bass, who was a guy. And Father Yod was, is he's not on every album himself. So sometimes it was just the band, but Father Yod does make an appearance on a few of the albums. And when I say a few, um, he's in a lot, but they just go and they record insane amounts of material in a row. Okay. Insane. They utilize the studio I, I i think the most they could have in the time that they had it like just they, taking shifts it's always running oh it's it's i if keep you, that studio like a waffle house never close and ready to throw hands <laughs> so father yod uh he would do <laughs> he would do vocals obviously he obviously was, and when he showed up he would do lead vocals but like i said he wasn't in every album he's frontman material when he's there, though, yeah, he is the front man. What do you think a man who proclaimed himself God would play? 
what instrument? It's not. Oh. Let's just say uh, keep your uh, keep your 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 uh, palate broad. It's it's a weird one. Okay. Um, Guitar, bass, say, two standard. Yeah, no, I'm thinking more like tenor sax. <laughs> God, I wish. God, uh, I wish. That's uh, such a good answer. Maybe a maybe a oboe. No, no. Oboe for the hobo. Um, yeah, I'm thinking something with a with a reed. I I wish you were right because him playing saxophone would have been pretty pretty hilarious. That would have been a that would have been a shirt. <laughs> um, you know what? That that's that might be a shirt. <laughs> can, you, can you write that down, please? <laughs> so so no, our boy or sorry, our our. Uh, our our mighty father. our mighty father played the kettle drum. The, okay, kettle drum, kettle drum. Essentially, it's a it's a big drum. You know the drum in uh in uh, orchestras that's the bum 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 like the big drum. Yeah. He played one of those, but like a smaller one. <laughs> so just in the middle of uh of like prog rock. No, no, it is not prog rock. Let me take that back. Psychedelic rock. You know, you just have out of nowhere, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah, baby. Ah. I have a clip. <laughs> I have a clip. But just kind of picture that before we get to it. So he would play the kettle drum and just kind of like chant. Uh, the band had a couple different names. In no particular order, they were once known as Father Goad and the Spirit of 76. 76. Uh, fire, water, air, because earth, wind, and fire was already taken. Wow. They were of called, course. They're called fire, water, air. Uh, it's almost like uh, Captain Planet getting summoned. Uh, they were called probably my favorite, Yodship. 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 You know what I think is like from a guy who I don't perceive to be, I don't imagine Father Yod was probably the most creative of guys. Uh, Father Yoda, the Spirit of 76 sounds like maybe there was a band around. Firewater Air is definitely a, a nod to Earth, uh, a yod to Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if Yod Ship was a nod to Jefferson Starship. Hmm. Yod Ship. It's not a very good band name to begin with. No. Not the Yod Ship. We can build this dream together. Make it last forever. Nothing can stop us now, man. 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 And they were also called the Savage Sons of Yahuwah. 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 I like that one. The Savage Sons of Yahuwah. It's Yah, W, oh, sorry, Y A, Ho, H O, W H A, Wah. Yahuwah. 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 So it's just stuff Madman's coming up with. Um, there was a time that the music was singer songwriter esque. It's like acoustic kind of, you know, okay. Yeah. Kind of like college, uh, D bag on the campus kind, nice. of, kind of sounding thing. But father Yod thought that that introduced too much ego into the music. Mm. And you know, he's not about ego. Yes. Dressing like a pimp and As rolling around in a Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> not our boy. How can a man who calls himself God have an ego? Not the Yodster. Not the Yodster. <laughs> Not the Yod I know. Um, so all the music would eventually, so they would do that maybe for an album. 
or at least a little while there was a time. And then they would decide to improvise everything on the spot. None of the music would be pre-rehearsed. None of the lyrics, none of the drums, none of the guitars, none of the bass. They step it. They, so what they would do is they would uh, meditate between the hour, you know, or in the, in the late night. And then um, he, they would record their music between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's the middle of the goddamn night. So that that hour has nothing nothing to do with anything. That's just circumstantial. That's just uh, just another cult picking the witch's hour. Just nothing. Sh- yep. Um, yeah, I guess so they would meditate, and then they would basically meditate, get themselves, I guess, hyped up in a way, and then they would just go record for like three to four hours. And that's it. That is, of course, they're outliers, but that is the general times that they would go. They they recorded over this number was repeated through multiple sources. Mm. Give me a number, just quickly. Give me a number. How many? Like, how many albums and, worth of material do you? How think? many albums? Albums. Um, I'm pretty sure the Beard, the band, the Beards, uh, has twelve albums. So I'm gonna go with twelve. Sixty albums. God. They recorded Damn. 60 albums worth of material. Oh. The average length of an album is like 45 minutes. A full album has to be over 30. So let's go yeah. with 45 minutes, right? Um I think cuz I think that is the length of a full-size vinyl record. I think that's the playtime you can put on it. Mm. I think that's how they determine oh. that. Okay. I think I think yeah. so. I think so. And I think I don't know no, they probably didn't have their own pressing studio but they definitely were able to cut the master and everything there wow right because that's you know they, they're either recording to tape or they're like cutting a vinyl there like a master like this was a full of fully functioning studio and um they released nine albums between 1973 and 1974 wow nine albums in a year well i mean if you're uh improvising directly to master that you can do that you can do that because you're you're releasing first drafts of nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I am sure their neighbors loved them. I'm sure they were beloved in in the, in the hours of three a.m. to six a.m. I'm 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 hearing, assuming you're going to give me a taste of oh, what it's like oh, to be one of oh, their neighbors. I am not suffering alone. Give me a neighbor. Make me a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Even. Even Mr. Rogers might consider not having them as neighbors. <laughs> he would at least go next door and tell them to quiet down. You're scaring me and my friends. <laughs> he wouldn't be mean to them. That's not Mr. Rogers style, but he no. would he would go next door. Yeah, he would say something. He would he would see something, say something. So um <laughs> as a treat, I have a couple a couple titles for you. <laughs> of the albums <laughs> i i kind of want to there's there's a couple that I, I want you to think about uh and this is only a select few I and mean, there's nine albums there's 60 albums worth of material mm. but they released nine right right <laughs> so um i want you to see and this isn't every single one but in these i want you to see if there's a common theme 
Okay. Of course. Because, okay. of course, Father Yod is coming up with the titles. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Father Yod's show, right? If he isn't the front man, he's like the manager when he's not. I, I didn't expect anyone to get any other credits on the, uh, on the back of the... <laughs> On the back of the CDs. Well, uh, of course, Father Yoda is featured prominently on the album cover in like every single one. Wait, can I get some band merch? <laughs> I think you can. Is that possible? I think you can. Don't look it up yet. Okay. But look, but look it up later. Because uh, like, I don't want you to get spoiled in the titles. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Of course. Uh, just a few titles and see if you can see if you can spot a common theme, right? Just considering God, mm. you know, Father uh, yeah. Yoda's godly mindset. Uh, one album was called Yahoo, the Yahoo 13. So like a self-title. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. A lot of bands have self-titled albums. Uh, a lot of your first or maybe even second albums. Yeah. Penetration. An Aquarian Symphony. Mm. 1974. The third one called 16 again. <laughs> no, it's called I Wish You Were 16. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was nice. That's good. No, That's no, good. it's it's very it's very quaintly called uh, "I'm Gonna Take You Home," 1974. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, I, that is a that's actually uh, one of the clips I have for you. I believe is that song. These sound like the type of songs that would get played at the McDonald's to get them to switch to Christian music. <laughs> to torture them, that remember that that like story about I think it was Plant City, like McDonald's, like they were playing some like off the wall shit that. <laughs> And like people started yeah. noticing, and so now they only play like Christian contemporary music. I did that at Applebee's. <laughs> we treated we treated the uh, the patrons of this this Applebee's to what we called the Power Hour because my friend got the app on his phone. We introduced them to like the Lost Vikings, uh, Primus. No, this this McDonald's was playing like some like you look good at sixteen like type mm. shit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and now they're playing Christian contemporary music exclusively by Gary Glitter. <laughs> yeah, I imagine he's going to be a topic at some point. I I I am going to regret learning about that man, but but uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, okay, make me a neighbor. <laughs> I don't have a neighbor for you, but I have a prominent musician who talks about them. The mm. Yahoo Thirteen. That was the name that they went by, like. That was probably the most famous name was the Yahuwah 13. Okay. Yeah. And they're called Yahuwah because uh, Yod would eventually call himself. Like that was another name for himself. And then he would just go by Yahuwah at nice. one point. Nice. So he, he even outgrows his own name at one point. But we're just, we're going to keep calling him Father Yod because okay. we're committed. Um, How good was the music you ask? Well, I've got some reviews for you. Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, had some interesting things to say. Quote, when they play music, there what there isn't a material consciousness that comes to it. Sorry, comes with it. When they play music, there isn't a material consciousness that comes with it. Unlike everyone else. Can you tell me what that means? Joe? The hell does that even mean? Uh, material consciousness. That material comes with consciousness. It? Consciousness. It sounds like that high art gobbledygook you would use to explain a Yoko Ono show. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's word salad and it means nothing. But trying to sound like it means something. It's trying to sound very intelligent. Like, uh, one of the things we talked about a long time ago was was a banana taped to a wall. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's, it's like saying, I, I see its references to capitalism. Yes. Like, mm. no, it's a rotting banana on a wall. It's that literally, literally was because uh, I, don't, I don't remember if it was just like a, another project was running late and they didn't get it out in time. Some type of this banana on the wall. <laughs> but it wasn't like planned. No. Nah. So, but it's, it's pretentious word salad. It means nothing. Yeah. And uh, I got some more. It was an embrace of God and rock and roll. Still Billy Corgan. Really? Way, quote, way heavier, more complicated, way richer, and it continues to resonate. Well, I got to hear this. Yeah, Billy Corgan had nothing but great things to say about them. Wow. Uh, so Does he still hold that? <laughs> uh, yes, no, because this is the, the documentary is not that old. It's from like 2019. So really? It's not that old. Wow. What I have for you now is, uh, so we're 20 or two minutes and 22 minutes into a seven minute, 44 song, right? Seven minutes, 44 song. I've skipped two minutes in because he has a little bit of lyrics in the beginning and then it's pretty much nothing but ambient jamming until this point. Okay. Right. So I wanted, I wanted you to have some, a taste of his vocal capabilities. Mm. And by the way, the picture I'm looking at is him surrounded by what looks to be at least uh, 12 women and the picture of him dressed like a pimp. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. There's one where he's like, always, he's like sitting on the Rolls Royce. Like he's always in the center or like close by or the Rolls Royce is there to like show it off. Like he's, he's a very, he's a very humble God. Yes. Yes. So what I have for you now is a, as a, you know, two, basically two minutes and a half into uh, Father Yod and the Ahawa 13, I'm going to take you home. I feel like a Casey Kasem right now. And this is Father Yod, the Yahua 13, I'm going to take you home. That charted nowhere, anywhere, ever. <laughs> You know, I have heard worse. Mm-hmm. That. Oh, God. It's this for seven minutes. That's uh, a little excerpt there for you for when I'm going to take you home. Uh, when are you going to play the song? You just played some ambient, <laughs> yeah. some ambient noise from a, a busy guitar center. When are they? <laughs> I, you know, I think I, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, hang on a second. Yeah, I think I hear, uh, yeah, I think that sweet child of mine, I think that's somewhere in there. Someone's, there's definitely some Metallica. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm certain Five Finger Death Punch. It literally just sounds like a group of people that don't know they're being recorded, just put together on one track. Well, that's basically what happened. That <sighs> is basically what happened. They knew they were going to be recording, but they didn't know what. And I don't, and for people that are not, uh, they're not, uh, musicians. To improvise on the spot is very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, there's some jam bands that go out there, but generally those bands have played together for a long time and they know where the, per you know, you know, if you measure things out in like four or four, you're like, okay, at this point, 
if we were going to change, it's going to happen here. You know, you kind of, you, you learn. Yeah. To, you can anticipate like builds and stuff like that for transitions. And right. And if you have a good drummer, they'll give you like a, a, a fill, you know, or like a, you know, some, they'll give you a, a cue. Like if that's that, but that's knowing the drummer and um, to do what they did. I'm not saying it's good, but it would be, it would be hell. And that's exactly what that sounds like. Yeah. Um, there was just one guy who was talking about it. It's like, yeah, the music was terrible. <laughs> just like straight up. Not everybody is Billy Corgan talking about uh, uh, the Yahawa 13. It's just noodling. It's not noodling with like awful tone. And that is with state of the art equipment. Oh God. It is not the equipment's fault. They sound like garbage. It sounds like they just, they all that equipment. And they still just put a shotgun mic in the corner of the room. It kind of sounds like they put a shotgun mic up somebody's ass. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Um, so there is one thing that Corgan's, I'm going to rip on him this entire time, but it just, it, he did say one thing I agree with. In the history of rock music, they are almost without compare. They are almost without compare. That that is true. That is true. Um, but to but if before you take too much weight into what Billy Corgan said, also remember he did say this in the same interview that uh, he referred to most other jam bands. You know, he's saying like you know that uh, Father Yod and the Yahawa Thirteen were special. Like they were a good jam band. That what you just heard was a good jam band, oh. and that most everybody else sounds like quote. Uh, that they usually played bad blues and that they were, quote, Clapton in the basement crap. So he just called Eric Clapton's bl bad blues. You know, he just called he just called him bad. Like he he thinks Eric Clapton's stuff is boring. I'm not the biggest Eric Clapton fan, but I also do know his music has been on the radio for 50 years. And you give me Eric Clapton improvising anything. If you give me Eric Clapton playing a guitar made out of spaghetti strings, then I bet he'd figure it out. He, that would sound better than what you just played for me, Ty. That yeah. would sound better. If you handed him a bowl of salsa and say, play a guitar solo on it, I'm sure he could come up with something that sounded better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did they ever release then? You said, you know, the first few years of them mm -hmm. playing music was that like sing-songy type. Mm-hmm. Did they ever release an album of that? Excellent question, because that it was my next thing to talk oh. about. Very, very good segue, my sir. It's like, like I know, man. <laughs> it's like you saw into my third eye and knew where I was going. Thank you. I was there, man. Thank you, Father Joe. So actually, they uh, they saw like it, they had these press. They had about. Uh, 500 to a thousand copies of some of like of of the albums like there was either 500 or a thousand copies printed so like they didn't have these huge runs they were basically running small batches of these nine albums right yeah um they they would try to sell these you know they try to like get a record deal they did actually try they were turned down every single time mm. every record label they went to nice turned them down so at least at one point, the record companies cherished merit. <laughs> at one point, 
one of the few things I can agree with the music industry doing was turning down the yod. At one point, there were people with taste in the music industry. Um, so they would have like 500 to 1,000 copies of all of each of the albums pressed. And they then turned to sell them at the restaurant. So they couldn't sell them anywhere else. So they sold them at the Soros restaurant for $10 a piece in 70s money. Or if you buy two appetizers, then you can get <laughs> <laughs> you get the album for free. You know, that's one thing I noticed about like uh, New World or like, you know, get in touch with Mother Nature type products. They're always really expensive. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere I go where it's like, you know, be, be a lot of like the, the quote unquote, like morally good stuff is always really, really expensive. So somebody selling that is like the ultimate capitalist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And there's there's somebody out there that's like, I, I know this market and I know what to sell them. I know how to advertise it. Freaking goop. Goop? Oh, I hate goop. <laughs> well, she's she's insane. But uh, I'm talking about there's some stars in the mall. I don't want to name them. But yeah. There's yeah. one particular. It's like. It, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So like, oh, this shirt that says, um, I don't know, the Grateful Dead on it. That'll be $85. I know to, how to sell to you assholes. Yeah. That's... <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. So basically these albums are actually very sought after as a collector's item. Like I kind of want to search for one. I want one. I want one as a consolation prize <laughs> for having to research this. For having to see what you saw during the, I, the I, I documentary can't, process. I can't unsee these. And I mean, there's there's two, I forget exactly which ones that are the most rare, that they're the most sought after. But yeah, they they were pre- like they had only like a number of these made. So I think at most there's like a couple thousand tops nice. of the Father Yod recordings of the original pressings. And then um uh they Isis, the historian of all of this group. You know, she was young, so she's like in her, you know, maybe 50s now. It still has all this stuff. So she still has like all the masters and all that. So I it's they, I think they, they have that locked away. They could still like make reissues and all that. So every record label turned them down, like I was saying. And, uh, you know, conveniently, commercial, uh, sorry, conveniently, quote, there was no concern for commercial success. Oh, yeah. You know, that conveniently seems that that phrase seems to conveniently arise around bands that are terrible. It's mm-hmm. not about the money, man. It's about the art. Yeah. It's, it's well, that's like, good. That's a healthy mindset for your talent level. That's it's really good because you're never going to get any. <laughs> Congratulations, because uh, I actually expect you to pay me back for coming to this show. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad. What a waste of a Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday Tuesday night at four in the morning. Um, so they were being shunned from every record label. They did think to do something that would be smart for a cultist. But if I found out that this happened, I would be very upset that this, like if I, if I had a kid in school, Oh, uh, because they decided that, um, being that they couldn't make it to record labels and make it in stores, that they would go to the youth directly. 
Oh, no. So they performed at high schools and colleges. Performed. Performed. Like they would just go set up a stage, totally okay with the high school and college, and play for the youth. Huh. If I found out, I actually have a clip for you. Oh. I have oh, a lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a, I have another, I have more music, but that'll come later. But I have a clip of Yod at, this is recorded while they were at a, a, a high school. Okay. So this, this guy. Yeah. This, this, uh, we called him Randolph the Registered. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now. Um, this guy is at a high school talking to people's kids. Heard that this was the high school with the consciousness. That's the fact of it. <laughs> My sons go out and they look around, pick up on the vibrations and say, Father, our sound can be heard at that school. I know it. What the yeah. heck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy's talking to your kids. We number about 140. Wow. Give or take a few. He's dressed and like a pimp, by the way. For 4, no hat, though. Just like you. This is yeah. recruitment. Yes, it's it's really creepy. And he's actively trying to, he's talking to kids. This is high school, 18-year-olds tops. So, I mean, either he's looking for more wives. Uh, <laughs> they're a little old for him, I think. But he's out there. He's actively talking to kids, and he's up on stage doing like weird, like dance stuff. But I'm talking. I'm serious. He's dressed like a drug dealer in like a Miami Vice episode, with like the white jacket, the light shirt. He's got these like glasses on, and he's just like somebody's like like cool Santa up, uh, up on stage with his kettle drum on the next episode of SVU. Yeah. So no, one of the uh, one of the members would say like, you know, we. We couldn't make it into the record store, so we're like, "Yeah, we will go to these places specifically, because commercial success, commercial, you know, money was really wasn't the thing. It was to get more people for some reason." Mm. And you heard him there; he wanted four thousand. That was his goal to get four thousand followers. I'm pretty sure before he could ever reach that number, uh, he'd probably end up running into Chris Hansen at some point in time. Yeah, so uh, we talked also a little bit about this in the in the first episode that at this you know in the source restaurant maybe it kind of happened on accident that he would uh, put the the uh, more attractive members out to go mm-hmm. be the waitresses and waiters. Here he definitely did it on purpose. Yeah, They're, like he's got yeah. he's got the best of the most attractive out there with him. You know. And there are people that were talking. One of the members that joins the cult later on was was saying, you know, we're at school. We're seeing, you know, somebody who's like the one cart. of the ones he got from the school. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. He's talking about how, you know, we've got this uh, this guy we wish was our dad on stage. And then we see all these really attractive people. And we're hearing about, you know, they joined the cult. They cleaned up their lives and, you know, they're super happy. And look at them. They're all like, you know they're all healthy. They look, you know, their skin looks really, really nice. And then, you know, they, you know, they would perform and then we'd go talk to them afterwards and then they would recruit, recruit after the performance. Uh, so it is certainly like a, a seek and recruit type thing and grow their numbers. Still they're at the, they kind of kept it at like 140 tops still. 
Yeah. Like he never really. That was the number they kept throwing out. He never reaches like a thousand or anything like that. He keeps it around over a hundred. Yeah. Between his antics or uh, uh, him breaking his, you know, his antics or something he says, breaking his own doctrine. Yeah. The growing ball sweat in the room. Something to drive those people away. The stank would certainly uh, chase me away. Yeah. But then again, I wouldn't have joined a cult in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so again, we uh, feeling pressure. So we're at the father house now. And there's some things that happened in between here. But uh, in 1970, I have to kind of breeze past it, though. In 1974, he kind of feels pressure from the 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 authority again, like the, the authorities building cases up against them. The families are wanting their children back. Cause like I said, there's 16 year olds there getting wow. married because you know, he didn't want to get in trouble with the law. So there's some loophole around that. So to avoid legal issues with California and with enough pressure, they sell the source restaurant, which is like their, the crux of their finances at this point. Hmm. You know, because he's rolling around in a pimp suit in a Rolls Royce. That ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention to feed a hundred people in the tiny house. And, you know, you got to buy all those. The seats. electricity bill to keep that AC running? I, oh. I doubt they had one. And, uh, you know, to buy all that equipment and strings and stuff, you know, it's gonna they're going to run through the money that they had. So, you know, they sell the source restaurant, which was doing really, really well. And they moved to Kauai, Hawaii. Wow. Or like, I believe Kauai is its, its own island for sure. But yeah. Would you say Kauai, Hawaii, or would you just say Kauai? I think it's Kauai, Hawaii. I believe so. But so it's near Hawaii, but they're, they're in Kauai. Yeah. From California. Uh, to start a health spa. Considering his track record. In his past, he had three restaurants when he was still Jim Baker. And uh, then he formed the Source Restaurant, which did incredibly well. So he sells that and then they move to Hawaii. So it's actually, it's not crazy what he's going to go try to do. But the thing with, you know, with him saying he's going to go start a spot, it's not for me, not too outlandish because I'm like, it's still that era. And then, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a successful businessman. He just is, mm-hmm. uh, whether he's a terrible person or not, he, he is a su- successful businessman and it's not too outlandish, but Hawaii or so Kauai is not thrilled to have them there. Oh, so 1974, uh, he does officially now go by Yahoo. <laughs> so that's what he's calling himself and, uh, is really doubling down on declaring himself. God, like before he was a high power and, you know, kind of leaning towards it. Now it's just straight up. I'm God. Like he was, he was kind of going back and forth a little bit. Like he was definitely ramping it up. And now he's like full tier. I want the authority. I want to be God. Yeah. Like I'm the God over you type things. And so we're going to still call him Yod, Father Yod. But he's, he's calling himself Yahuwah. And he is God. Like outwardly and officially, you know. Yeah. yeah. I ain't playing around no more. <laughs> don't, mess, don't mess with the Yodster. Don't mess with the Yodster. So, uh, thing basically, they get to the island. Really, really terrible response because Hawaii, Kauai wasn't wasn't messing around with the cult thing. 
they didn't the locals didn't want them there they weren't thrilled about other there were some other like cults that moved over or like the other people of you know hippies trying to avoid you know i guess prosecution or um they're avoiding something so they run to the island and the Kauai is like we're not here for you yeah this is our island get out they don't want them wow there. they had tried to move to hawaii before and they just got refused like they, they weren't allowed to go and they eventually make it to Kauai in 74 even the police tail them while they're driving to the new location oh the police are like we're not basically kind of getting a cold like even the police are like we're not going to help you we don't want you here yeah and i that's awesome. don't blame them no so um they were also not thrilled with the whole manson thing too but instead of like a, a neighborhood it's the whole island because it's not a, a great big island but um they didn't want them there to the point where they would get shot at like they would shoot at the house at night wow then they, they didn't hit anybody that i read but this happened a couple times and now um he would yod would <laughs> how useless do you think a hippie was with a gun very very but Yod would insist on like he would, you know, he's God now. So he's telling them, you grab a gun and you go out there and be like a sentinel. So like basically he would have armed guards on the property, like at the edge of the property. And there was a guy talking about, he's like, man, this is why I avoided the draft. Because yeah. now he's somebody's soldier out there with a gun. He's like, I don't even know how to use this thing. Wow. So I'm like, great, you've created like a Claymore mine, basically, because you don't know where that bullet's going. Yeah. If he had yeah. to use it. And there isn't stories of them needing to use the, uh, you know, you needing to use arm force like that. And uh, there was only like that I, that I was, it was implied there, the, I mean, getting your house shot at's not cool, but um, there was only a couple instances of that. Like there wasn't, that wasn't like a, a super mm. reoccurring thing, but that, I mean, once is enough. Yeah. Once is enough. Yeah. I'd want to know who did that. Yeah, definitely. Have a, have a talk. It was the mobster because he didn't get his ice cream shop. <laughs> Followed them all the way to Hawaii. You thought you could run. <laughs> I found you. <laughs> Taking back what's mine. They call me Johnny Jacket Chip. <laughs> so now, now the pressure's on and they kind of. They kind of enter. It's kind of like a band, because uh, in the in the previous episode, I talk about how there's there's tenets to it. There's tenets. There's there's kind of four main things a cult has, in like every cult. I mean, there's variations, but there's like four main things like cults generally always have. But um, there's also a number of types of cult. There's the sex cult. There's a religious cult. There's another kind of cult, and then there's a doomsday cult. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of go from religious cult to sex cult territory. Now they're entering entering doomsday cult territory because nice because now they're sort of kind of prepping for Armageddon. Because in the documentary, the Source family, um, which was a was a huge help for putting this together, not so much about the band, but about the life of you know the members, especially. Um, there's them practicing with bows and arrows. Nice. Like, I, I love a cult that adapts. You, you know, you <laughs> got to stay with the times. 
you can't stay one type of cult forever. You got to move. You know, I, I really, um, their old stuff was really the best, but you know, I, I do appreciate changing <laughs> the changing of the genres, you know, later on, you know, I really appreciate when they moved from the sex cult work to the, uh, doomsday cult, the music really, you could hear the difference in, uh, the vocal screams that they were doing. You know, I, you know, they can't all be winners. And I, I just do think the religious cult, uh, era was one of their, one of their weaker, weaker points. You know, I don't, <laughs> I think they just kind of phoned it in. They tried to go to radio. They tried to go to radio. That's not them. <laughs> you can really hear the shift and when they really stopped caring about the record label. You right. Know? You know, they stopped being about the art. Then they, and then they, you, you can't know. forget about the music, man. Slowly turning back into Tommy. Yep. <laughs> That's how this whole thing should have been read as. I, I think uh, I would have had. I, I think my neighbors might have come for me if I did. He's like, he's, they're cool people. I don't want to do that to them. So um, now we get to. So we talked a lot about in part one, we we kind of went over Yod's life in a very, very brief. Uh, we, we, had to, we had to get we had to put the context together for the source cult to get to the music that we, we went over just now in their life. Um, but we, we learned about the beginning part of father yod like where when he was still james james or jim baker and um check out part one if you haven't uh for that but for this part we're gonna learn about father yod's death oh Mm. is it interesting well that leads us to our uh our question for you joe Mm. how do you think a man who calls himself god might die and it's uh it's not old age and it's not disease. Well, it can't be anything boring. Father Yod isn't going to just pass away out the toilet. No. No, he's, he's not. He's not going to pull a Presley. You know, he's not. <laughs> it's got to be a lot more interesting than that. You're, you're, you're 100% right. It is, it is at least a very playful way to die. Mm, so not overdose. Nope, not disease and not age. Because mm. at this point, he's only... 50-something. 50-something. Yeah, early 50s. Can you orgy to death? You know that... Is that an option? I actually, yes. Your heart could give out or a number of things. Oh, but, that's uh, true. Heart attack. But it's not. It's oh, not... Um, is that is that your final answer? <sighs> yeah, yeah. All right. It's a solid answer. To it's a orage to death. <laughs> Bring it that back. Bring it back to orage. <laughs> From the Manson. To orange. Check out the three-parter that started all this. <laughs> so uh, that's a solid answer. In context, um, that's, a, that's a great answer. Oh, accidentally shot himself. Um, Hippie using a gun. I mean, it's a possibility. The, the orgy one would have been, it was more creative, but okay. uh, solid answer. Second answer, I'll give it a B minus. The other one, I give it an A minus for B. It's very on brand. Um, real quick, I have a have a bit a little tangential thing for you. The United States Gliding and Paragliding Association believes that the time required uh, for training varies considerably between a student's innate skills and the type of training conditions. Typically, though, a student um typically though a student will spend five to ten lessons to obtain each of the first two 
USHPA pilot ratings, beginner and novice, a process which generally takes three to six months to learn how Mm. to hand glide. So you don't just go solo. You don't just buy a hand glide. You don't just buy a hand glide. I didn't know you needed two license. You need two license (laughs) to fly a hand glide. (laughs) That's going to be fun to edit later. But yeah, you can't just go out. It's like, a, I mean, for a drone, I had to get certified. Oh, really? To do it, to fly commercially. Uh, I mean, you can fly, you know, casually, but I have access to higher altitudes because of my part 107. Really? Yes. Yep. I can work. Can work. you take me higher? Yes, I can for a fee. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> can you pay me higher? <laughs> Man, I studied for four hours. It's a lot. It's a it's a lot of maps. A lot of maps. Anyway, wow. Um, there's a point though in the in the especially in the documentary, they really kind of highlight it. Um, that they they kind of like talk about how this there's a there's like a breaking point with Father Yod where he even starts to doubt himself. Oh, like that's he, not good for a god. That's not good for a god. And I think it's like losing basically everything and moving to Kauai and just the spa thing just not working out. Well, yeah. You don't want to get a, a massage from someone you hate. I mean, if let's just say he opened uh, this. It worked well. And he, he would have beautiful people offering massages. Yeah, that is true. That is I true. mean, I'm sure it would have turned into some kind of pimping situation. Mm-hmm. Knowing him. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you had beautiful people offering massages by a guy who knew how to run a business. I think if he had half the chance to do it, he would have been successful at least for a while, while the, the hippie movement was strong. Um, yeah. But being that they hated him so much being there, they basically kind of lived like a shack type thing. I, they, I couldn't really get a description of this house, but it was also small and it's still definitely 50 ish people at this point. Okay. You had a number of people drop off, um, moving yeah, to Hawaii moving. Yeah. Cause they can't all afford to go. I imagine just an airport full of these people, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. At least they didn't smell awful. So I think he, he lost a lot of steam in this transition, you know, just losing everything and the business not working. And then just, I mean, he's been doing the guru, I'm God thing. I think we're going up. I think altogether the timeline is like five years. Wow. It's exhausting. 24-7, right? And this is a man who gets bored and leaves two wives with children. Oh, yeah. You start to doubt yourself. Yeah. So I think God for that long. I think he's even getting bored of this. I mean, you get everything you want. I mean, always. There's a great Twilight Zone episode about this. Yeah. You get bored, you know? So, um, Yod's, Yod's, faith in himself, Yod's faith in himself seemed to waver uh, after moving to Kauai. And he talks to the member, like he even says to one of the members, or at least they say that he talked to him and said, I am not God, I am a man. This is Yod, like, doubting himself. And uh, there's a point where Father Yod, uh, I said Yod, didn't I? But there's a point where Father Yod um, they said that one of the followers is recounting all this and he's saying, you know, they, you know, father, Yo told me 
you know, that he wasn't a god. I was like, you are a god. You are, you are in this. And then there's Father Yod's like, I've taught you everything. Now leave the nest. So he's trying to like, in a way, I think he was trying, this is speculation, but I think he was trying to shoo people away because I think he wanted to just kind of like maybe live quietly in Kauai. But think about it this way. He's dug this nest with all these people that are obsessed with him. Yeah. And he's with these people 24-7 and he cannot get rid of them. So he's even said, I'm not God. Leave the nest. Like I've taught, I've taught you everything. There's nothing more to teach you. You are, you know, 10 at 10, get out. And they're like, no, but you are a God. He's like, part of that too, I think is them like a denial thing where they're just like, well, yeah, they don't want to be wrong. You don't want to hear the guy who you thought was God and the guy who you liquidated all your assets to say that he's not actually God. It's like, oh no, you're God. <laughs> You're God. You're either God or you're about to meet him. <laughs> you got one of two options here, pal. You got one of two options. <laughs> either you walk on that water or I'm going to drown you in it. <laughs> one, way. <laughs> one, one way or another. One way or another. Your feet are getting wet. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fantastic. So the, like the, Part of it is, yeah, you're you're right on it. Like, people didn't want to hear, you know, that they've been wrong for, like, five years. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, I've not been foolish. I've not shunned my family, my belongings, my career. Are or, you telling me I'm gullible? <laughs> no. This is a cult? You, you get, you get, you get right out of here. We're just a really friendly group of people. That just like having sex in groups of eight to 12. <laughs> we like to orange. We like to orange. So. <laughs> so I, he, I think he just reaches this breaking point. Uh, so August 25th, 1975. Ah. He just randomly decides to go hand gliding with zero lessons. Nice. He's never touched a hang glider before, but now he's decided he wants to do it. You know what? I bought one. I can figure it out. Dakota and I think that he was just tired of all their crap and just wanted to escape the situation. Like literally like that's how he decided. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to hang glide out of here. <laughs> I'm just going to, one of two things are going to happen. I'm going to sail away to another Island or I'm going to die. Either way, I'm leaving these people behind me. Hold the fort down, Jeremiah. That is going hang glide. Oh, it ain't Jer Octavius, you're God now. <laughs> it's called passing the torch, son. Get used to it. I gave up on Christianity. Time to see if uh, <laughs> time to see if old Poseidon's real. <laughs> so, but, but this, all the all that joke, you know, that's, that's speculation. But joking aside, there are members to think that he meant to die. There is somebody talking about like I think he meant to do it, and I have a clip about it. So this is uh, this is again from the source uh, documentary, and this is him. So Isis, the Aquarian, who is the, the 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 film's historian, the appointed historian, meticulously recorded everything. There's actually footage of him hang gliding. Really? Yes, she has like the recordings of it. She has pictures. Like she, this might be one of the most well documented um, cults of all time. Wow. Because, I mean, they just had this this lady following him around everywhere. He loved to get his picture taken. 
you know, and th- there's video of him talking about hang gliding here. And this is, this right here is him talking about, I mean, obviously the day of, so. And the idea of deals to me going up without any lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and all the women started screaming and yelling, no, Yehoah, and yet everyone knew that what Yehoah wanted to do, that he was going to do it. So they're protesting, please don't do it. Please don't do it. So like there's, wow. So he's, there's, there's one part um, that comes up later. He's like, do you have a kite big enough for me? Um, but yeah, he's, he, the, his followers are, are, I wonder if like she, like she said, there's um, some of the followers are, are kind of maybe suspicious about what he's about to do at the very least worried for his safety because um, he, okay. Impromptu question for you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Lay it on me. Uh, Father Joe, if you were to go hand gliding for what would be the first ever man in a big kite, how how many, how tall would you want your first jump to be from? How close would you want the ground to you? I would want to be. First jump ever. No lessons. <laughs> jump number one. I think uh, uh, one story building. I'm thinking for me, 20 feet. Yeah, that's about 20 feet. About 20 feet? One story? Yeah, that's probably less than 20 feet. It, you can climb onto my house with so, a six foot ladder. I'm talking about from there. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> that just sounds like a bigger number. A one okay. story building? I understand. I understand. That, you know what? Yeah. Because you're probably going to sail on for 100 feet, maybe. Good wind, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Real windy day. Real windy day. Um, you gotta you gotta give him prompts. He goes big. He goes to a thirteen hundred foot cliff in Oahu. He doesn't want to feel the impact, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna meet my maker at terminal velocity. <laughs> Man. So he makes the jump and he 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 takes off and he he's so there's a cliff that leads to the ocean, right? So he he's kind of like flying around this cliff and they talk about how he lost control and he's just kind of like dipping around and then the, she describes him um, sailing back and he actually crash, land, crash lands back at the beach with some locals. So he actually, I suppose if you're going to say round one, I suppose he didn't crash in the ocean and he made it back to shore like he he was able to like i wow. changed my mind man and then like he just like dive back to the right the wind man yeah so the vibes will hold you <laughs> <laughs> well you're so remember that holistic medicine <laughs> thing you're not really far from that um so he crash landed basically back on the beach and it, it appears that he didn't suffer any uh external injuries like if you looked at him, it didn't look like he was hurt that bad. But he claimed he had broken his back. And I'm also going to mention that people talking about him not having any external injuries are also people that have foregone modern medicine. Yeah. So they have about as much understanding as a hippie with a rifle. Yeah. They have no Makes, idea what they're yeah, talking about. Yeah. So he's claiming he broke his back because he apparently couldn't move. Like he was in a lot of pain and he couldn't move. So I'm thinking 
it's definitely some kind of horrible internal injury. Like I, he may very well have broken his back. I tried to look up and find what the official cause of death was. Um, but they say miscellaneous. Let me make sure, man. I'm going to go gla- grab the glasses with the one red lens and one blue lens so I could see into your ribs. Sign purple light on them. Um, he was he was still able to talk, though, and they were saying, like, what do we do, Father? What do we do? He's like, transmute my pain. Transmute my pain. <laughs> he kept screaming that. <laughs> Not get a goddamn doctor. Clearly, you all aren't believing hard enough. So um, he was in enough pain to consider going to the hospital. Wow. He almost went. And he, and the, he was talking to a follower and uh, apparently, you know, he was like, should I seek medical attention? Like, should I go to the hospital? And a follower is like, you could, but that would really hurt your brand. <laughs> Some, you know, paraphrasing. I don't like the vibes of that question. You don't have health insurance? So, of, of course not. You're a Libra. So his follower talked says uh, his follower talked him out of going to the hospital. <laughs> At 53, he went through he suffered for 9 hours and then he finally died. From the back pain? I think he I would bet he broke his back for real. If he's Wow. Because from what they said, they couldn't see anything external. So that means no compound fractures. Yeah. Um, but I imagine if he if he hit the ground, I mean, because in, in the hand glider, I mean, you're it's kind of like you're in a sleeping bag type thing when your feet are propped mm. up. Yeah. So your belly's just towards the ground or it should be. I mean, I'm not I've seen it. I haven't done it. I'd like to. Sounds cool. But yeah. I'd take lessons yeah. for three to six months. Yeah, probably. Um, but you like there's a thing where you prop your feet up. Um, from what I know, and uh, with the way he would have crash landed into the ground, he would have been at speed. So he didn't just—he would have not have just walked away from this. Like there's—he didn't fake it till he died. Obviously, something awful happened to him internally to where he died. Maybe at least bleeding. Mm. If it took him nine hours to die, maybe it was internal bleeding at the very least. Either way, he was in a lot of pain. Wow. And he suffered for nine hours and then he died. Um, and they had you know, people watching him and stuff, just kind of praying over him. And I just imagine him just laying there like, what are you doing? Call a doctor. Like Jim Baker suddenly came back. Yeah. Call 911. We've got you. Just kind of like enchanting in a circle. <laughs> Don't worry, father. Feel we won't us. let you down. And then he just learned all that all the karma coming back to bite him in the ass all at once all that like all the doctrines it's like don't worry we're foregoing everything modern get a stretcher get an ambulance here right now (laughs) he would have gone on a keto diet if he was going to survive i bet you that it would have dropped everything to survive yeah um but he didn't and he died and uh I wonder if he was more upset that he survived. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> what was the name he was going by at that time? Yahuwah. 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 Call a doctor. That's not very Yahuwah of you, man. <laughs> wonder if it's Yahuwah because it's the sound he made when he bounced off the beach. <laughs> Yahuwah. 
<laughs> and uh, just afterwards, right? Like, I guess we find a new Messiah. Oh, that's that. There's, I know I have a lot on that, but I, uh, I mainly like, I, I have a little bit of information on that. Uh, they kept his dead body for three days. Wow. Uh, in the Hawaii, oh, sorry, Kauai tropical heat. However long it takes for a ambulance or, you know, what have you to get to your residence is the maximum length of time that a dead body should remain in your house. <laughs> yeah. But once you have a dead body in your house, it is kind of illegal. Illegal to have yeah. a dead body. in your yeah. house. Um, so, I mean, you're not, you're not breaking the law, but if you keep it longer than calling the ambulance and it getting there, that is the only appropriate amount of time to keep a dead body. in your house. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the most you can do to get rid of it is the only appropriate amount of time. And they decide to keep him for three days because of, you know, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe he'll come back. <laughs> oh, three days for the. <laughs> that's like, what's like someone put a stone on him. That's why I think they kept him for three days. They mentioned some religious tenets. I think I think that may be one of the ones where it's like, you know, maybe there was so much denial. Maybe they were hoping he was going to come back on the third day. Put a stone on him. See if it moves. Oh, damn. It's not even anywhere near Easter. <laughs> so they keep his body for three days and then they finally turn it in. His official cause of death uh, is just mis- is a miscellaneous. Uh, we learned in the 27 club episode that if he had died in the UK, it would have been called uh, death by misadventure <laughs> <laughs> and what an adventure it was. Yeah. yeah. So one of the other members, uh, the prominent members, um, I don't think it was Octavius, but there was somebody else that took over the, uh, the cult for another two years. Oh, wow. Uh, and they kind of, tried to keep things going for uh, I think it was 1977 the cult officially like disbands quote unquote mm-hmm. like they, they I mean they were already falling apart but they officially fall apart in 77 just without everything was built on Yod I'd have to google this but I bet you he didn't leave anyone anything in his will I don't think he wrote one. Oh yeah I don't think he wrote one that's true he didn't care about these people. Like he, he's God. What does he care about these people? Jeez. That's he wanted to avoid them so much. He killed himself via hand glider. Or tried to eventually did succeed, but and he not wasn't the even way. good at that. Yeah. Great restaurant tour. Terrible. At, well, you know, there was a self harm and he wasn't allowed to do it with food or knife, but there was nothing <laughs> in there that said he couldn't die by hand glider. I found the loophole, man. You gotta, you gotta use a hang glider. You always have to build in a uh, a secret escape plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't write that in for a reason. Oh no, no, no! Uh, tenant number three: harm not your body parts either by neglect, food, drink, or knife. Nothing says that doing sweet flips and a hang glider. Hang glider on that list. I'll take a sweet flip for 300 Trebek. (laughs) So, so I wanted to, so the main focus on this was the music. So I wanted to talk about what happened to the Yahoo 13 post Yod. So post Yod, post Yod clarity. Mm -hmm. Yes. The Yahoo 13 actually reunited in 2007, 2008. 
Uh, the OG members, Jin, Sunflower, and Octavius, played a show in L.A. to pro- promote the release of Isis Aquarius' book about the Source Cult. Oh. Basically, her life is the Source Cult as far as, like, career goes. And I don't really know. It could be anything else. But, like, she's released a book about it. She released this documentary about it. And she has all of, like, all of the stuff locked, you know, locked away. And, like, her, she owns all that stuff. Do you know what that last album was called? I can get it for you, but actually I can, I can do one better. Um, I will tell you in just a second, but uh, our, our little pumpkin, Billy Corgan, uh, actually played with them. Oh God. During no. this, during this, the time of this reunion tour, uh, it was a short tour down like one of the coasts. And uh, in uh, 2009, the Ahawa 13 played sold out shows on the south, on the East coast in Canada. What? I weren't big shows, but they were sold out. 20 sold people out, is 20 like, people, man. <laughs> sold out shows. This coffee shop can only hold 10 legally. <laughs> <laughs> and you can buy one of these records at, uh, uh, there, there's, I forget the name of the other site, but you can go to Yahoo, all one word, dot org uh, to get one of these albums. And I want to point out that dot orgs are not necessarily as trustworthy as dot coms. And I think that's very on brand. Yeah. Uh, very on brand. Come on, for, man. Cults don't use dot coms to come to kind of wrap everything kind of together to kind of reiterate what we talked about lightly at the end of the uh, the first episode, uh, part one of this. Um, why do people join cults? How does this happen? How do you go from being a a functioning uh, adult into um, joining, you know, becoming a member, getting a crazy name? Uh, and uh, surrendering all your possessions. Uh, like, well, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's definitely a mixture of a very charismatic leader mm-hmm. that is promising everything. And the most of the time, people don't have a lot going for them at the time. And so everything that the guy, that this person is promising is exactly what they're looking for anyway. Yeah. That's a charismatic leader again. One of the four main things that a, a cult needs to have, and I, I, um, you know, you got the youth and their parents not getting along in the '60s. Um, anything, and I mean, most of the time, the way that they describe the cult in the beginning sounds more like a rehabilitation program. You know, it sounds more like a fun group. It really does, and to better yourself. That language is very, very specific. I mean, that's a great segue into what I was going to talk about too. Is Yod had a great sales pitch. Think about it. I got this oh, here. Yeah. You eat well. He's open. He's a cool dad you wish you had. Yeah. You can talk about sex. You can have sex. Come get some sex. Did I mention <laughs> sex? These, these attractive, fit young people, you can pick the, the height, the size, and the weight all you want. There you go. Just pick a room. Wow. Just put a sock on the doorknob or whatever. And then you look at tradition, you know, traditional Christianity in comparison. Um, oh yeah be humble don't talk about sex don't talk to me about your problem deal with it and maybe after you die it gets better yeah yeah i mean that's that's a real generalized uh aggressive way to look at christianity but i mean if you were to put these side by side the immediate gratification sounds good yeah especially when uh did i mention the sex i i also i feel like coming from like 
people at the time coming from families, especially that are super religious at the time, yeah. are like, oh, this everything. This, this was everything that they wanted to get away from, like you know, yeah, the the processed foods being a problem, you know, yeah, having the health food part of this was was groundbreaking in itself because that just wasn't. That was there was one guy that was uh I forget his name, but he was Arnold Schwarzenegger's like favorite, uh one of his favorite uh uh Mr. Universes or something like that. And he was like a fitness guru that said, Hey, maybe it's a you know, it was a crazy idea to have like, you know, to not eat processed food, have a balanced diet and like exercise in certain ways. And they laughed at this guy. Like people like, no, yeah. smoking's good for you. This is this is <laughs> <laughs> this is near i mean that's more like 50s but that we're we're near it's yeah it's around those there. people are still alive trying to do you know trying to influence things so to wrap up it's just you know cults you know are, are just basically they look for a weakness or something susceptible people are looking for and they try to fill that and then turn that against you yeah there are no good cults, but of the cults that we're going to get into in this uh, this series uh, for season two, this might have been the nicest one. Yeah, I mean, they let you leave. That's, you a, know, that's you, a big difference. Yeah, you just kind of left and then you had nothing. I had to start over. Like all the people in the documentary formed some kind of life afterwards. Like yeah. they, they were able to like one of them, like they get like careers afterwards like completely almost 180 i mean some people are there's one guy that's like straight up a doomsday prepper off the grid kind of thing Could but you imagine like at an office oh yeah that's bill he used to be in that cult no that's uh oh that is uh, hi, hi welcome to the office that's julie that's uh johnny um uh, chris uh that's uh topanga he's got a funny name and uh this is octavius <laughs> yeah the aquarian the aquarius yeah um Aquarius, thank you. Uh yeah. So uh like just the fact that afterwards that was just a a funny moment in their history that you know, oh I, I used to be a cultist, like two truths and a lie. Guess which one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're never gonna believe this. Fantastic. You'll never you'll never lose that game. <laughs> never have I ever. Never have I ever. <laughs> oh, I think I got this one in the back. Perfect. So uh, closing thoughts, that's that's pretty much what I have on the uh, the source cult and our wow. dear, dear father wow. Yod. Uh, would have been much cooler if he actually did crash and die in, in that fashion. <laughs> I mean, crashing on the beach, surviving the impact, but then dying because of back pain. I think I think cool. he survived because of uh, karma. You know, he just like karma's yeah. like, oh, you're not getting out this easy. Oh, wanna, come on. I found a clever loophole in my own tennis. You want to see real miracles? It's about to happen. I'm going to keep you alive for nine. How days. are all those underage brides now? Oh, yeah. Was it worth it for all the karma you got to pay back? <laughs> How about nine hours of this? Just the friendly chatting, like chanting around him. We've got you, father. Oh, my God. Kill me. You can't even hurt in peace. No, but we can't do anything to your body, sir. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's uh, that's it for part two of uh, Father Yod and the Source uh, family cult. I really hope everybody enjoyed that one. That was uh, that was something to do the research for. And if you find 
one of the Yahua 13 or the Savage Sons or whatever uh, vinyl and you don't want it, I'll take it. So message. You can let us know on Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore Facebook at Phantom Jukebox, Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast, TikTok at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Let us know if you see one of these albums because we want to get our hands on it. Let's send us a link. Let us know. We have an original Helter Skelter book. Oh, that's the cool. book that the episode was uh, based that basically started the whole thing. That theory, um, bought it at a really cool store. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, a quick announcement: Otherworld has. Uh, Oh, if yes. we haven't released it already, we have new music and a uh, music video coming out. You can check, find that on Otherworld TV. The links will be in, mm-hmm. uh, will it be below? Um, but if you like this episode and part one and go back and check out the Helter Skelter episode um, on Spotify, Apple podcast, any of your major platforms that uh, you like or, you know, whatever you're listening to on here, it's there. Um, but if you have a rating feature that you can write a comment on or you can give stars, we would really appreciate it if you did, you know, send us a comment of what you thought, you know, and give us five stars or a rating because it really does help us out on this end. Oh, yeah, truly. So a lot of this was a uh, multiple days of research to put this together. And this could have been no shorter than two episodes worth of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I do have a couple of thank yous. I want to thank, uh, Kenny grooms, our audio wizard for the incredible work he does, uh, for us and did on our, the mixing of our intro music, um, the social media sorceress, Dakota sorceress, Dakota Galvin for all her hard work with the research, helping out with the research. And then what she does for the socials, getting our name out there. Cause I am terrible at it. Um, thank you all for checking us out again. We really appreciate it. We do this for you and ourselves because. It's, it's it's about the art, man. But I wouldn't necessarily say no to sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to break that tenant. Um, We're just trying to have a good time, man. But I have a good time. If you want to sponsors. Spon- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for being here, Joe. Thank you, Ty, man. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you for sticking with us, and until next time, man.